Why can't I quit you, podcast? Why can't I just let you go? It was 2012 when we first got together. New York City. Two episodes in, our lives changed forever. The hurricane. I was editing you on my dining room table. Episode three. Then everything washed away. And I had to say goodbye. I was no good for you then, podcast. My life had become a flooded mess, but the pull, it was always there. Hello, my friend, hello. It's good to meet you so. It's good. It takes a while to rebuild, to get right, but you gotta have faith, patience, hope. So we tried it again, felt that nervous energy, that jolt, that lightning bolt. Sitting a few feet from our idols, we saw Saturday Night Live, we hugged Weird Al Yankovic, we fell in love then, podcast. The numbers weren't there, but who needs them? Fuck the numbers. Forget about fame, fortune followers. Is that what really matters? Hello, my friend, hello. Just called to let you know. I think about you every night, and I know it's late. much podcast I miss our adventures I miss going through this crazy life without you I miss love and god damn it podcast I love you I know it's been a while it's been too long but I needed to wait don't you understand this world's been broken I've been broken I needed to wait till things felt right again and you don't just plan these things they just happen and you've got to adjust got to learn some hard lessons and I learned podcast I learned it's okay to be away for a while just as long as you know where you belong and you and me podcast we belong together so hello again microphone hello again digital audio workstation hello again doorman hello again guest list hello again audience hello again listeners Natural, you're a freak. It's 
It's a picture-perfect evening in Nashville, Tennessee. I park my car outside a venue called The Basement. I score a spot right around the corner from the club. Jackpot. How do you like that, Jack? As usual, I'm early, but the band is already there. Their black van sticking out like a sore thumb in the small parking lot. I announce my presence to the dude stationed outside the back entrance. His name is Justin, and he's super nice. I show Justin my ID and my Vax card, now also known as my second ID. Then a girl compliments my pink pants. Scratch that, a girl with excellent taste compliments my pink pants. Yep, everything is going right. All this information would not be podcast intro worthy if it weren't for the fact that the world is different now. And the music world, the indie rock world, a world that thrives on tons of kids cramming into small spaces to see their favorite band, has been compromised. So I'm not just here for the interview. I'm here to have the experience, to see how it all goes, to get back on the horse, not just as a podcast professional, but as a music fan, too. Tonight's horse is Dylan Nash, lead singer of Los Angeles rock band Lily. And the basement is way too small to allow for an indoors interview. So Justin, the super nice door guy, sets us up on the outdoor fire escape above. There's a tiny round table up there, two chairs, privacy, bird's eye view of the action below. I turn the recorder on and remind myself that I remember how to do this. It's been 18 months and it took a band like Lily to get me back in this game. Why? Because they're fucking awesome. Lily's 2019 EP, I Can Fool Anybody in This Town, floored me. The songs are accessible, anthemic, aggressive, sleek visuals featuring strapping young lads and genuine post-punk posturing. This was a well-polished product perfect for rock radio, if rock radio still mattered. Lily's team is smart, though, pushing them down more relevant roads. Spotify, YouTube, where they developed quite a following. Now a new album is out, the band's full-length debut, and it was well worth the wait. The Dylan Nash fire escape chat goes great. You'll hear it. He heads into the club to join his bandmates. I kill some time outside talking to bass player Charlie. Charlie's hair is massive, and so is his bass playing. Something you should know about Lily, they're young, like 22 young. But there's a maturity here, this fab mix of confidence and humility. Lily's guitarist Sam De La Torre directs all the band's videos. Drummer Max may be the band's secret hero, a lean, mean machine behind the kit. Four young dudes blowing off steam. There ain't no roadies here, no paparazzi, no merch table. It's all so beautifully minimalist, so DIY. Inside the club, that familiar smell. Cigarettes, spilled beer. The bartender is a dickhead, not just to me, but to everyone. Even his shitty attitude offers some familiar comfort. And is that Mary Jane in the air? I get up close to the tiny stage while the band does their awkward setup in front of a growing crowd. No one's wearing a mask, but a black eye on my right is wearing an enormous cowboy hat and he's clearly here to party. The dude on my left is a Lily super fan. He tries talking to me about how much he loves the band, and I catch every other word over the sandblasting sounds of the Lily line check. I realize I have no earplugs, and I'm fine with that. I want the full experience. Lily roars through an energetic 40-minute set that ends with a cover of the theme song to The Sopranos. It's a school night, and I stay for the whole damn thing, head bopping next to a black guy slam dancing in a cowboy hat. I'm not drunk or stoned or on drugs, and I have a great time. Hours after the show, I'm still buzzing. Life is different now, but it's still the same too. 
The differences just make you appreciate what matters about being back on the scene. Before I head out, I shake hands with Charlie and Dylan. I congratulate them on a great show and a great album. It feels good to be back. Dylan and I talk about mental health, missing teeth, music videos, signing a record deal, and Sylvester Stallone. Let's kick things off with one of my fave tracks off the new Lily record. It's called Early Bopper. Then my conversation with Dylan Nash, right here on Independent Minded. Come on, let's go. It's Ronnie Dalzo's amazing podcast. It's Ronnie Dalzo's amazing podcast. He's talking to people who make art and music. He's plugging their projects. He's making them famous. He's helping them out just by making them talk about all the bullshit that they do. up last night it's the first time i busted this out and the yeah. microphone's out i'm like should i bring uh wet naps or should i bring right. like uh, hand sanitizer is is he gonna be upset if i like i stick a microphone in his face that's not his 
Do you worry about I shit have, like I that? My, we, we have our own mics. And I, oh, okay. I, I trust you. I don't uh, know why you'd... <laughs> I, you do. You know what? I, That's I, your first I, mistake, I have, weird, I, have, <laughs> I have a weird hunch that, about you. I oh really? Trust. Yes. All right. Well, tell me about this. Like, uh, that I'll get a good level it's just, on you. No, it's, it's it's a warming presence. I, I have a warm presence. All yeah. right. That's good to know. That's good to know. We're sitting on the um, what looks like a fire escape outside yeah. the basement here in Nashville, Tennessee. Is this your first Nashville show? No, this is our third, I think. Now you're halfway through the stretch of this tour in support of the new record. Yeah. What's your state of mind right now? Are you burnt out? Are you stoked? Are you tired? Um, good shows, bad shows, horror stories? How have the crowds been? It's, it's up and down, both physically draining, mental. The people that come out, regardless of the size of the crowd, they love it. And it's honestly been so amazing to see people actually care about us. Because when you don't really do any headline dates, you can't really tell who's going to come out for you. And this was our first headlining tour, and it's honestly been mind-blowing how many people have actually come out. I've had my downs. I assume the other guys have, too. Yeah. Um, I hate to talk about the pandemic, but honestly, it's, it's kind of uh, cracked me a little bit. I think it's cracked a lot of people. A lot of things that you didn't know about yourself have become clear as day. For instance? Just mental health. Yeah, um, I, I, I had no clue that I was dealing with anxiety my entire life. I finally discovered that, and it helped a lot of things, physical and mental health problems that I just, like, didn't know were actually bringing me down. And I, honestly, like, I, I've had a better mood. I've had a better appetite than I've ever had in my entire life because I've, you know, been going to therapy and doing these things. and it, It's crazy. It's It's crazy how something like this could actually have positives and you know the slight negatives which are the fear and anxiety that are more present i think they're outweighed by i guess like me being more aware of it you know because then i can actually help it i wasn't able to help it before was there a moment or um, a situation in or out of the band where you kind of had that revelation wow i am anxious i am um, dealing with some shit I think it was more just like an existential like thought of like, okay, like I don't really matter regardless of how big of an impact my music makes. I don't matter in this world. Like there are hundreds of millions of beings, big or small on this earth that just trump everything I'm doing. It's just like created this like weird fear in me. Am I, am I doing anything of importance? Like I'm just at, like I'm a, I'm asking this question and and it ultimately pushed me to go get myself checked, you know, like because yeah. I was just like, why am I thinking like this? I would always kind of veer away from philosophical talks. I just I kind of thought it was like bullshit. Yeah, it's like everybody wants to talk philosophically, and I'm just like, who cares? Just like move on, live your life. And then I was like, oh shit, like I don't matter. I really don't. And then it started, like, everything started, like, unraveling. And I was just like, you know what? Let's just try this therapy thing yeah. that I've been told to go to my entire life. And, yeah, I got diagnosed with anxiety. Like, a, like a real anxiety disorder. And I was just like, fucking, dude. It is pretty hard uh, just because, like, I'm straight edge. So I, I don't like to take those pills and stuff like that. The best I can do is just kind of throw myself into my art and 
and writing. Right. That's and, what it's for. I mean, know, that's that's yeah. part of the therapy, I would imagine. Is I mean, do, does that wash away when you get on stage or you get into the, oh, into the vocal 100%, booth? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Honestly, when I go on stage, everything just disappears. Oh, I'm looking forward away. to seeing that later. Also, I feel like I feel like the the pandemic has made my social skills and, and ability to speak just so I, I get you're so doing into my thoughts. You you're know? doing great, and 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 a lot of times organically, like I have my little notebook here. I mean, that certainly wasn't something I was intending to discuss with you, but mm. it's something I'm dealing with too, man. Mm. I mean, I, I'm in therapy. I'm not on the How road with three other guys. I'm doing all right. Yeah. I had I had a pretty shitty 2020, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah. I want to talk about your videos. I did a little snooping online. You know, you've pre-released a lot of the singles before. The record has come out, and each one has been accompanied by a video yeah. that's directed by your guitar player. Yeah. You know, what is that like to have somebody in the band who can just oversee all that? I mean, it's such a huge element. Stress-free. Stress-free, oh, right man. on. And you just take your lead from him as far as, like, yeah. like the concepts in some of the videos, for instance. Um, Anvil with the snails yeah. and early bopper where you guys are all in white suits and you're seemingly walking around this abandoned house. You're on a payphone at some point inside and yeah. very creative, a huge, huge element for any, you know, touring or non-touring band to have at this point. With Sam, I've never seen somebody pump out ideas for any medium, pump out ideas as quickly as he does. And the execution of them, perfect every time. I've never been disappointed with anything he's put out. Me neither. I think they're absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And I would imagine, you know, like you're keeping the budget down too, because oh, 100%. Not only because you're not paying a director to do it, but the concepts are made for a band that is not sleeping on a bed of money, right? And yet the production values are awesome. Incredible. He, you know, you've probably seen Wash, right? Yes. So that was his first like video that he fully directed i remember like right before that he got super in animation and he was just kind of making you know little things on his camera at first and there's like well that's dope they were like uh, let's get you a guy who does this for a living to sort of help you and mentor you on this project and he met this guy drew lewis he runs this production company called black canvas we, ha we actually had to go on tour with bad sons and they had to finish this video in a month they were working 16-hour days trying to get this video done. And the hours and time that he had to put into it, I think conditioned him and hardened him for every project coming forward. And I think that's why he's so good. Beyond his like creative genius, I think that instilled a, like, a real hardcore work ethic in him that I will purely never understand. Like I, I feel like I'm a pretty hardworking person. That's something else. But when it, once again, that's passion. You know, when, you, when you're passionate about something, time doesn't matter. I feel like I'm giving him a lot of credit, but like, I, I don't feel like I can give him enough. Please you know? be effusive. Yeah. That's a great line that I'm going to refer to in my intro for the podcast. When you're passionate See. about something, time doesn't matter. You just, that was a little nugget, Dylan, that, <laughs> that you gave me. You're about to release a full record for the first time. You've had an EP. You've had some standalone singles. Do you care about curating a record? The order of the songs? Oh, what's on side A? How do I start side B? What do we end with? I think it matters. I think it does. Um, we definitely, you know, made some efforts with it. Yeah, um, there's intention to it is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, definitely. You there, didn't just put all the songs in a, in a hat and just start no, pulling them out no, and be no, like, no. okay, Anvil's number six. I think the sonic story that you can create 
with you know having an order like a good yeah. order i think it's really important you know there's a lot of, there's a lot of concept records that need that order you know i was hoping this would be the response i would get from you <laughs> because that's I, how i treat my music right i don't think this is a concept record uh not even close yeah. no it's it's just it's it's there's so many different pillars that are just so polarizing. Who makes those decisions? Is that, does the label get involved? Does management yeah, get involved? Definitely, definitely. How much omnipotence does the band have when it comes to those decisions? The order is the order that we chose. Let's the just band. leave it at that. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> we know, because we, yeah, yeah. We definitely have our scuffles, but it's fine. That's good enough for me. Yeah, I mean, bands are like marriages, and, and creative differences sometimes uh, lead to fisticuffs, at least in my experience, although no one's ever hit me. Not yet, at least. Yeah. No, I'm down to fight anybody. <laughs> I'd be remiss not to ask where the band name comes from. The first time I heard the EP, I naturally like went on to Google, and I wanted to find out more about the band. So is there some deep, dark secret to the band name that... Uh, you want to keep mysterious, or is this, uh, or can you reveal the truth? <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you the the, the short version. Okay. Um, so, our friend, who's actually coming tonight, uh, her name's Lily Rosenthal. She's awesome. She's been friends with Sam forever. When Max and Sam started the band, when they were like 13, 14, they were trying to come up with band names. You know, they were hanging out, all three of them, and she was like, you know, what if you name the band Lily? And they probably had a crush on her at the time. And they were like, <laughs> yeah, like, that'd be cool. And they, they started messing with the name. And, and at the time, there was all those bands like, you know, Dive and whoever else that, like, you had the double I or, like, the double V. Yeah, it's very Roman numeral-esque. Yeah, yeah. They, they were like, uh, let's put an I in the middle. And they were like, that's kind of cool. And it looked cool on paper. And so they ran with it. And now, seven years later, it's... That's it. That's yeah. that's the whole story. That wasn't the short version. That was we went full circle. Did did, did you leave anything out on purpose? I played the fifth. <laughs> A little mystery here on the Independent Minded Podcast. What is Flush Records? It's an independent label that is ran by this guy named Andrew Shack, who started Priority Records with another guy years ago, and you, you know they discovered NWA and. Yeah, you just dropped he, the bomb there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a great dude. Um, he has the personality of like a big label guy, but he's a teddy bear at heart. He really cares about us, and it's him. He is Flush Records, and he created this label to develop artists because there's not really a lot of that nowadays. No doubt. What they say is development is more of just like throw money at you and the cookie cutter yeah. right you yeah. like put the cookies in the oven and yeah. and make the sausage that I'm, I'm, I'm a lot of kitchen references i'm, I'm yeah. hungry um yeah i i know what you're saying it's basically yeah. run of the mill this is how we do it and this is how we're going to do it for every band that comes along so this is different is what you're telling yeah me. and as much as we you know disagree because once again he really cares and it shows it shows with the pushback you know he wants things a certain way we want things a certain way, but at the end of the day, we just want the same goal, and is that to be successful? Whether that's, you know, making a million dollars or, like I said before, playing shows for the rest of our lives. You guys are young guys. What makes you, how do you, the four of you, put your heads together and decide this is who we want to work with? We were in high school at the time. I think we were just graduating. 
you know, I had some mutual friends. Like we we had, we had mutual friends between us, and and he was just like, I want to sign you guys. He saw us at the smell. We you know went into his office, and it was a pretty nice office. There was like plaques of you know, Jay Z's first record, The Chronic, like all these great yeah, rap that'll albums. Leave an impression, yeah, sure. yeah, right. And he was just like, I want to sign you guys. And, you know, it t- it took us a little bit to get comfortable with that. Uh, Charlie and Max were in other bands. Um, you know, at one point we we're just like, you know what? We gotta go for this. We tried to get the best deal we could, as everybody should. It's been very pleasant. As as much as we, you know, have our debates and whatever else, I think it's been a great experience having that guy by our side because he really cares and he really just wants the best for us, like I said. But yeah, I love being on like an independent like that. That also has a strong backing. It just makes things a lot easier for us. And on top of having a killer record that's well produced, the band's blowing up on the internet. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, Spotify playlists, Apple Music, YouTube followers. And does that mean anything to you guys? It means a lot in the sense of like, you know, that people care about us. Right. Validation. Um, Synthetic yeah. validation. Yeah. Of course, like any, <laughs> if anybody denies validation that, 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 that they seek it out, they're fucking lying to you. Um, I don't know one person on this planet that doesn't. I guess it's one thing to feel validated by it, but also the fact that I assume the band is not involved in any of that shit. Like, well, yeah, I mean, we've met Allison Hagendorf, who's an amazing person. I think she's been... Oh, can you give her my number? <laughs> I got a new album coming out. Come on, Allison, call me, baby. She, Yeah, she's been really sweet to us. Uh, Steve at Apple, he's been great. Um, oh, so you've had no. We we've met these people encounters yes, with these people, and they're they're all right. And this probably so goes back to your your label connection, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. People who know people, right? yeah, and they're they're amazing. They've done a lot for us. I think the most important thing in music is people discovering you organically. Maybe that's from shows, some random person putting you on a playlist that has some sort of following. Just you know, this is the music I listen to. We're still a very new band. This is yeah. our first record. And the fans that really care about you are the ones that, goes out to, that go out to shows yeah, yeah. and want to see you. And if people care about you, they're going to buy your merch and come to your shows and, and want to have a conversation with you. And the people that do come out, we love having conversations with them because we're just we're super grateful that they're there. Yeah. You know, this can all go away. It can all go away. And it did for a while. Yeah, it, it, it Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it really did. And. I want to be able to say that I made an, an impression on people and gave them some sort of joy, whether that's, you know, having a nice conversation with somebody about something that we can connect on or just putting on a good show for them, you know? And all the fans that have showed up, every single one of them, have seemed like they've been diehard fans. And I'm like, how? We've, like... We, we put out an EP and like a few singles like like how it's the power of music my friend I, I mean I guess so now more than ever these relationships are going to be tested I yeah. mean so it's interesting for me to be out here interviewing you and, and in an hour or so seeing the band play I'm curious to see what that relationship is going to be like in 2021 maybe it'll get back to the way that it always was but for now I feel like those relationships that you keep talking about are incredibly vital. I mean, I assume that once the show's over, do you guys go to the merch booth yeah, and meet the, meet the fans and everything? That's huge. All right. I, I think it'll only get better. I, th- you know, I like your optimism. Once again, once again, I know for me, 
I took touring for granted for a long time. And when it got taken away from me, I was bummed out. We're overseeing the unloading of the van here. Are, are they going to get mad at you uh, because you're no, not no, they, contributing they, they, they or they you're just... This. Okay, so... And I, I feel like... It's funny. I feel like I, I do a pretty good job of loading uh, loading into the venue. So Okay. Yeah. They're probably going to expect they, they, you to they do they a pretty good job of unloading show. now that you're up here. Right, yeah. In my, in my old bands, the singer got away with murder. The drummer had to lug all the drums. What do you play? Uh, I'm a vocalist as well. Oh, and I play sweet. the piano. Oh, amazing. Uh, I've never done a proper tour like you guys are doing, but um, I've been in many bands. I'm still in bands. Okay. <laughs> Don't ask me why, but it's an outlet, you know. Writing lyrics, screaming, singing, getting on stage, sweating it out. It's part of who I've been since I've been your age. Right. So before you go, I need to ask this because... While I'm talking to you and gazing into your eyes, I'm, I'm noticing your mouth, and I saw something on social media that reminded me of that, and I didn't put it in my notes, but I need to ask. There's a picture of you, and Toothless. your teeth are out. Yeah. What's, uh, what's up with the teeth, dude? When we were on tour of Bad Sons, uh, we played a show in Buffalo, New York. Really cool venue. They were crazy on the lighting crew. Like, they, they strobes, fucking every colored light you could possibly think of just beaming down on me mm-hmm. and they hit this strobe and I just had no perception of depth like whatsoever I'm pretty raucous with like you know my hand movements with the mic and stuff like that yeah and, and the music lends itself to to movement yeah and I just fucking like you know come oh to you hit yourself again. in the face I, I with the microphone the with the oh mic. that depth perception okay yeah, and the my, my tooth is loose really loose during the performance. Yeah, and I had a crown on top of it because I'd lost my tooth when I was younger playing a baseball game. You know, I had this tooth and they put a crown on it and I had that for years and the tooth had rotted away because it wasn't supposed to be there as long as I had it in. And I guess it was just on its last limb. And So, and what, I, so did I was you have bleeding. to extract it uh, yourself? The, <laughs> or did you have to go to a professional? No, so I, I went to a dentist. Thank God we had a day off. I went to a dentist there. No, she was like, your tooth broke. And she just ripped it off. And then um, eventually when I got back to L.A. Nice bedside manner. All right. No, it's, it's, it's New York bedside manner. Your tooth manner. broke. Okay, right. But yeah. we're in Buffalo, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's not New York. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Uh, they put an implant in there, and now I'm, I have a tooth. You smile for me. Oh, it's there. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I, it was the lighting. I, 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 have, I have a weird bite. I have a weird bite. Yeah. I took a prurient interest in that because all these teeth are, are not mine. No one knocked them out. I didn't, I didn't hit myself in the face. I mean, the yours, they're yours now. I felt uh, that we maybe were kindred spirits as vocalists who had lost teeth. I so. appreciate that. So it's good, it's good to meet. They were, they were trying to get me to get a full row. Oh! The drum set is down. <laughs> What's your dream tour? Is there a band out there? Is there a location so or a many. venue? Um, Throw a couple out at me. Fontaine's DC. Daughters would be really cool. Cool. Another there's a I lot. Like. There's a lot. There's so many. Black Midi would be great. Right on. You, you guys kind of remind me of them a little bit too. Oh, I, I like you guys that. better. Though. That's like a biggest, the biggest compliment. Right on. All right. I'll tell him you said that. I'll tell <laughs> him I said that. The album is called TV or Not TV. We're on the, um, I guess this is the green room patio. Here at the basement. Yeah. I'm here with Dylan Ash, vocalist in Lily. We've learned a lot. This is my first and spoken interview. No, second. Sorry. All right. Nice. Uh, how did we do? 
Amazing. I think we did pretty well. I think all things considered. I think I spoke too much. Yeah, I but I'm gonna cut all you out. Oh great. It's just gonna be me yeah. asking questions with no responses. Maybe <laughs> maybe like keep it like Rambo, give me like one or two words. Or just the grunt. Yeah. I'm gonna take all your stutters and just I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> Oh great. That's amazing. I like that you know Rambo. Yeah. Our tour manager is obsessed with Rambo. I used to room with him and um Yeah, he was like Let's, Let's watch, watch First Blood. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we showed you the, you know. That's, that's a fun fact, too. The first Rambo is not called Rambo. It's called First Blood. My dad turned me on to First Blood. Great movie. As he did with every Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Van Damme movie in the 80s. Um, nothing beats First Blood. No. The scene where no. he goes into the jungle and he sets all the booby traps up for all the cops. David Amazing. Caruso getting stabbed with yeah. the, yeah. He's got great taste, your tour yeah. manager. And he's well, a gentleman. That, you know what's funny about it? You get all these, like, like the 80s movies that have you know they they the whole franchise seven movies like whatever it is that movie is actually like i i think it is a great movie besides just being an action movie yeah i think there's a psychological it's, drama it's amazing it's a and there you know there's those conversations about sylvester stallone talking like you know there was all this dialogue and it was a three-hour shit show yeah. took out all the dialogue and it became this masterpiece. You it's know? a commentary on the PTSD and the Vietnam War. Yeah. It's, yeah oh it's, no, there's so there's so much like it's funny because it was it was right at that time. Yes. And it purely was a protest movie, if you really think about it. The coolest thing I like about that movie is that Sly is not like buff, oiled up, Rocky no. three, Rambo two, <laughs> Sly. He kind of looks like an ordinary dude. Yeah, that's great. It's awesome. And, and that's that slide is purest. And then the anabolics came in. And I don't know. I don't know what it, he was doing back then. I mean, I kind of tried to follow his workout routine in Rocky Three and Rocky Four. I didn't climb any mountains or lift any uh, wagons in, in a shed yeah. in Russia. But he's incredible. He's not a big dude. He's not yeah. like a you know. He's a hard worker though. I, 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 how did we talk? We're always going to wrap up the interview now. We're talking about so much. I, I could talk about this shit all day. <laughs> I love Rocky, actually. I'm a Rocky guy. Right on. Yeah. Me too. Which, which, which is the best? I'm a huge, like, wrestling guy. Like, I was, I was big into, like, WWE growing up. So you're going to say Rocky 3? Yeah. Because of uh, the Hulk Hulk Hogan, yeah. Thunderlips. Yeah. The ultimate male yeah, right? versus the ultimate meatball. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, that's. That's good, clean, like, popcorn fun. That's, yeah. a, that's a good movie. I mean, the first one, once again. I think the first one is actually a really good movie. I think it also is like a you Oscar know, a, it's a period piece as well. Yeah. I think it, it, it matters. You know, it just developed into a money making franchise and it's funny, with with those two movies, he really had to scrape to get them made. Yeah. He, he, he was he was practically a nobody yeah. at the time. And then that, you know, catapulted his career. There's always a special place in my heart for guys like that, you know. <laughs> this is a great place to finish off the interview, yeah. talking about uh, Sylvester Stallone's career and the Rocky and Rambo movies. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. And I'm in love with your album, in love with the band. Um, looking forward to... Are you selling the record on vinyl tonight? Is uh, it no. There's, so yeah. there's a vinyl shortage right now. I know. My yeah. record isn't coming out till March. Oh, fuck, man. It's in Taiwan. I think ours is coming in February, which is weird. <laughs> Beat me I to mean, the punch. We might, uh, th that's what it was saying on the website. It could be just like a generic thing that they sent out, but... Um, I'm setting my expectations there. Hopefully we have it in, like, L.A. or something. Well, know. come back in. Well, I don't know if I'll be here, but I'll come, well, I'll come find I'll you guys. I'll send you one, yeah. Oh, hey, even yeah. better. But, no, I'd, I'd love to support the band in that way. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for the time. I yeah, appreciate no, it. Thank you for having me. Have a great show. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you.
name of the song is Anvil. The band is Lily. Earlier in the podcast, we heard Early Bopper, both off Lily's debut album, TV or Not TV, out now on Flush Records. Find out more at lilythebandcom That's L-I-I-L-Y, theband.com. Follow them online at lilytheband. Big thanks to Dylan for his time and a great conversation. Lily tour manager Justin Billings and The Basement for the accommodations. Special thanks to Kip Corey at Tell All Your Friends PR, Kate Spansel and Brigitte Wright at the Assembly Music for putting all the players together. You can listen to many, many episodes of Independent Minded on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms. More info at baldfreak.com slash podcast. Follow me at baldfreakmusic and get all the dirty, dirty, dirt, dirt at baldfreak.com. Next time on Independent Minded, Hannah Joy and Tim Fitz two-thirds of the Sydney, Australia power pop band Middle Kids, who also happen to be husband and wife, talk with me on the final night of their U.S. tour. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off! <laughs>